Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily. And I'm Christy. We're just two gals in our 20s trying to live our best type 1 diabetic lives. Every week we tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we offer tips, we are not medical professionals, but we also offer plenty of anecdotes and general thoughts about how to embrace the type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not always easy to do through all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. This week, our topic is mental health, and here with us is Miriam Brand. Hi, guys. And Christy. Welcome. (laughs) And this week, we're really going to talk about the the mental toll, if you will, of what uh, type 1 takes. And, I mean, Miriam has has had this for a lot longer than us. Yes, I've had diabetes type 1. Actually, I just passed my 21st diversary. Holla, congrats. Mazel 21 years. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so I definitely was young. I was six when I was diagnosed. I know you both were diagnosed a little later. Um, so my perspective in that sense is different on, you know, the difference between being diagnosed later versus when you're a much younger child. Um, but yeah, I'm also a licensed mental health counselor. So I'm a little bit of both the, <laughs> the diabetes and the mental health. So like, thanks for having me this week. I'm very excited. Oh my God. We're so happy to match. have you. <laughs> What a cutie. Uh, check us out at pancreas underscore pals. You can see some behind the scenes of this. But actually, by the time it posts, you might not. TBD, TBD. Plus, you guys have not approved one photo that I have taken of the screen showing all of us, but <laughs> well, it's fine. For those listening, Miriam looks beautiful, and I literally just woke up from a nap and look low-key like a drowned rat because I got out of the shower. So it's like, <laughs> this is real, this is me. Anyways, <laughs> favorite caption. All right, I'm ready to I'm ready to dive in with a question. All right, let's do it, Emily. So, since you were diagnosed at age six, mm-hmm. I don't really know when people start like forming proper memories and whatnot. But do you have a clear memory of what like a day to day was before diabetes or not? Not at all. And I was actually thinking about that when I was you know thinking about this podcast and what we'd be talking about. I do not remember. I mean, obviously, I have memories pre-age six. I have memories of, right. um, you know, distinct memories of my childhood. But I cannot remember a day-to-day where I wasn't thinking about checking my blood sugar or um, thinking about what I was eating or thinking about, you know, are people going to be watching me prick my finger at the table, that kind of stuff. Right. So I do not remember not having that, um, which for me almost feels like a blessing in disguise. It's like I think... I mean, it's easier for me to say because I was diagnosed younger, but I can't imagine being diagnosed later in life and kind of remembering how much easier life <laughs> was good beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> for me, this really was my status quo. This is the norm as much as it sucks. Um, yeah. So the blessing and the curse, I, I guess. Um, so do you yeah. think, I mean, do you think from a mental health point, it's 
it was almost easier to cope with as you're because you don't really know a difference so maybe easier isn't the right word but it's been I mean I know for me I've had many downs Mm -hmm. in dealing with it just you know realizing that I I am still learning and can't keep up with some of my peers same girl but um like you know we were talking we were chatting about this for a Mm -hmm. hot sec before we we joined Christy but um I had like a low blood sugar last night when I was out and about and I now eat like jelly beans instead of just Mm -hmm. chugging a juice out at the bar because Mm -hmm. people don't ask you questions if you're just like if they see you chewing like they'll think it's gum Mm -hmm. but if I pull out a Mott's apple juice people are gonna be like yeah oh is this your uh, drink of choice like what's going on I was rocking a um I was about to say something about Adam and Eve, but that's definitely not what it's called. Apples what? and Eve? I don't even know what the brand <laughs> oh, of juice box juice, I get. I know what you mean, yeah. Whatever. I was rocking one of those on the tea the other day on my way home from work, and I'm so proud of my nice business professional briefcase, and I, like, pull that <laughs> bad boy out, and then I pull out my juice box, and I was just getting a look like, both? Business and child. And child. Business yeah. in the front, party in the back. I don't know. It's the, it's the way I roll, I guess. But yeah, yeah and I like, feel I you. I think this is a good point because this is bringing up so much of what makes diabetes different than a lot of other chronic illnesses is that you look fine, right? You look, you know, if, if you didn't pull that juice box out, people would think, oh, look, you're just a normal, you know, business lady. But you pull this juice out and all of a sudden it becomes this, social psychosocial thing you need to manage this the way you appear to others the way you know you might look fine but you're rocking like a 50 blood sugar and you feel like crap (laughs) and you're dying but like you still look okay to people yeah um so it's just really navigating that and managing that and having to feel comfortable saying to someone saying to a friend saying to your boss like you know what I actually I need a couple minutes because I'm really not doing okay right now and that's hard to do. I, I find it hard to do. I think a lot of people find that hard to do. And um, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Like, another point to that is you don't wake up being like, oh, well, sometimes you do, depending on the night before, but you don't wake up being like, oh, I know I'm going to have a low blood sugar today. Mm-hmm. Like, things happen. You know, like, you yeah. have to, you get lost walking somewhere in the city. Exactly. And you end and up walking an extra five blocks and all of a sudden you're dropping. And it's like, hmm And you it's. Know. It's diabetes is so weird. You can be doing the same exact thing every single day, but your blood sugars are going to react differently for whatever reason, even if you're doing the same exact thing, because there's so many factors that affect it, and there's only so much control you can have. I know. Um, I, I always feel bad when I'm trying. Like, I am known in my group of friends as the over-planner. And truthfully, I think I was that way. In fact, I know I was that way pre-diabetes. <laughs> I like having a plan. I like know, mm-hmm. like knowing where I'm going to be at what time. But I can be, I think, a little bit annoying. But I kind of have to ask. Whenever I go out with my friends, especially I am 21 plus, parents listening, um, if we're going <laughs> so like, out Miriam. to the bar or something <laughs> – um, I always ask beforehand, hey, like, are we going to Uber there or walk same, there? Same, same. Because people, it does make a difference. Yeah. And sometimes people react like, oh, why do you need to know? Like, we'll see when we get there. Like, why does it matter? Like, it's like, nah, brah. Like, if like, I want to. I, I need to know. If I'm going to have that second drink, then I need to know. Like, that's the difference between me walking yeah. to the bar or me Ubering to the bar. Because or, I know I'll drop like it's hot. Exactly. Or, like, planning for brunch. If someone wants to meet for brunch, it's like, well, do we have a reservation? Because if I'm going to be waiting for two hours, then I need to have, like, a pre-brunch brunch. And yeah. it's that kind of stuff I'll find myself getting this really This is really therapeutic up. for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find myself getting worked up about because, like, I don't want to have to eat more calories to, like, plan for calories I'm eating later. It's just – 
it's it's just so many factors that go into it and I think that's really hard to explain to people who aren't living with this every day um right at least something I struggle with is this balance between you know you you want people to know it is a big deal it is very serious but at the same time, it's like, well, I don't want people feeling sorry for me. Oh, the, the um, sorry looks. So I think I'm just based on your reactions. I feel like a lot of people are in between, are feeling having to navigate that balance um, with wanting people to know the seriousness and the severity, but not being like, oh my god, I'm, I, you know, comparing it to cancer or something. Right. It's yeah. Like, um, We're not the weakest humans ever, but we do have our down moments, yeah. like everyone else. Probably just more. Tell, <laughs> just tell me what time brunch is. Yeah, I want yeah. that on a t-shirt. Exactly. Like, just, just tell, tell me, me when brunch and bolus. Okay. Just like, tell me what time, because like, I do need more insulin in the morning, but I consistently have been waking up between eighty and hundred, which is great. Mm-hmm. But it, but it means when I wake up, I need to eat pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, it can be a little bit tricky when people are like, oh, like I would love to get breakfast or brunch with you tomorrow, but like. I sleep until noon, and I'm like, ooh, I don't do that. My body wakes me up, and it's just like, girl, what are you doing? What I do in those situations is, like, I'll eat, like, a handful of dried fruit, or I'll do, you know, eat, like, half a granola bar or something. I hate pre-gaming with, like, pre-gaming brunch with food because, like you said, extra calories, but at the end of the day, I'm, like, so anti-letting this take over any part of my life that Mm -hmm. if... I need to hit the gym for an extra five minutes later like I'll do that but mm-hmm. it's a, it's a balance and yeah I mean I don't know from from like a coping mechanism mm-hmm. I'm not sure the best way to go about it is the way that I do things <laughs> but I'm a bit I'm a big fan like I always have a ridiculous amount of fruit in the house so if I am in doubt that people are going to want to eat in a timely manner like I go right for the banana because if I let if I let over. myself if I let myself get snacky I like get real snacky Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel that. So. Slippery slope. Truly. Skinny pop. Yeah. Love skinny pop. <laughs> it barely makes me go up at all. And I know it's like air and it's not nutritious, but <laughs> I just love it skinny pop. It holds you over. <laughs> I know it's like air. Wow. It's hardly an advertisement for it. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, depending on their audience reach, I mean, That's it true. is an advertisement low key. It's a great air. Yeah. I'll let it slide. So I have another I have another question for yes. both of you. What's the worst reaction you've ever gotten from telling someone like I'm diabetic? Hmm. Wait, I like already know this. You, I already I'll, know I'll, my I'll, answer I'll, as I'm well. I'm thinking of mine, so I'll let you guys go first. I was um so this actually happened. I don't know if I found this one to be like the most ridiculous. I don't know if it's like the most offensive or anything like that, but I was at an ugly Christmas sweater bar crawl in December with one of my friends shout out to Maggie hey um, and we were talking to these guys or slash these guys were talking to us and one of them was telling us how he was a paramedic and he was like I had asked him what the worst you know the worst thing he'd seen was I feel like you know making conversation whatever pretending like I was interested like the horrible person I am and he was like, oh, the worst thing I've ever been called to was this woman who was diabetic and she was like dying and he was just going on and on. He was like, we almost had to, she ended up almost having to get an amputation, like 
all this stuff and I'm sitting there and Maggie and I just look at each other and burst it out like laughing which is highly inappropriate but obviously I'm in a bar and I'm not about to be like hi my name's Emily and I'm a type 1 diabetic and so please you know watch what you say I laugh Um, when bad things happen too it's okay also yeah I don't think I'm well adjusted socially so that's like another (laughs) issue separate issue separate podcast separate thing to go over with Miriam (laughs) Um, but I'm sitting there and I tell him that and he was like oh shit he's like I hope you're taking oh sorry language he's like I hope you're taking care of yourself you don't want that to happen to you and I literally am just sitting there with my mouth open like oh thanks dude I think I got this covered known you for a hot sec Mm -hmm. you he's like he was like do you have type 2 she had type 2 and I'm just sitting there just wondering how much education paramedics get (laughs) to be quite honest and I was like um, cause I, I was like, okay, I mean, like, you can't look at someone and tell if they're type one or type two, like, it's, it's rude mm-hmm. to assume that that's like not a, something that you can just assess, but given my age and, you know, like the fact that I was telling him that I have an insulin pump and all these things, the the fact that he asked, he yeah. was like, it was, it was just a slippery slope. And then he all of a sudden was like, he was like, you need to be careful. You don't want to get your leg amputated. And I was like. This, this conversation's over. Um, I think I know exactly what I want to have amputated, yeah. so... And it's you. <laughs> From my side, bye. Yeah, I, mine was, I guess, equally... I don't know. I'm going to just say offensive. Um, at an unnamed restaurant where I worked over the summer, um, I was getting so sick of keeping my meter and like pens whatever else I just wanted to have with me in my little waitress apron because it was like weighing me down in a lot of ways so I was like you know what I do need to just put this in the little employee area but I want people to know don't touch it so I told everyone like hey like my medical stuff is here and there was no way to introduce it without like going Mm -hmm. in depth so I was like oh yeah like I'm, I'm diabetic so I just have to have my meter with me always and an unnamed co-worker just like steps back and literally looks at me like head to toe and like assesses and goes I guess I can see that (gasps) and I was like what does that even mean what does that mean (laughs) what What a jerk like (laughs) you can see that all right um for those who want to see how gorgeous and amazing Christy is uh check out I'll send you baby photos yeah (laughs) she not that anyone okay that was probably not a good thing to say but it's just it you can't see diabetes unless you know you're staring at like a pancreas or a cake (laughs) like you know what I mean like in that sense like literally eating like a mountain of sugar that's like I joke around I'm like that's what diabetes looks like but no no that's horrible I'm sorry Christy that's okay. I'm a survivor of emotional abuse. <laughs> oh, okay. That took a turn. I, I, I thought about it for that day, and then I was just like, you know yeah. what? Whatever. Yeah. I think, like, when I come, I'm trying to think of, like, my worst reaction. I can't really think of a specific time, but I just know I assess my mood. If I have to introduce it to someone new, it's like, okay, do I feel like educating today, or do I feel like making this conversation as short as possible? And kind of based on my mood that day that's how I'll how I'll do it but I think the most common reaction you get is like oh oh my my grandpa has diabetes and in my head I'm usually thinking like okay I'm pretty sure he probably had type 2 but I just kind of like nod nod along and and kind of let it pass um yeah it depends how how engaged I feel at that time 
I think I'm still new enough where I feel like I'm trying to educate the yeah. world, and I just like differentiate and go through the whole. Yeah. That's you know, a lot of pressure, right? Receptors, like everything. To teach everyone. Yeah, right? it is. It is. But I mean, I think that's something that I wanted mm-hmm. to do with this podcast mm-hmm. is you know in discussing our day to day. You know, maybe, maybe my you know, cousin who's listening can learn something new or mm-hmm. maybe Christy's cat can learn something new. I don't know. I don't have a cat. I know, Speaking that's of, that's that. another common one. I often Animals. get like, oh, my cat has diabetes. I'm like, oh, cool. My favorite is the number of people whose dogs have diabetes. So and many. they're like, are your eyes okay? Like, I'm like, shut up, Kristen. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's well, kind of tough. No, because, you know, in animals, it's like, that's really sad yeah. because they can't tell you. They can't tell you if they're feeling low or high. Yeah. I can't I can't even think about it. It depresses me. I like dogs yeah. so much. <laughs> I love them. I feel I oh, I don't like that at all. Um in response to prior conversation. <laughs> um yeah, I used to feel a lot of pressure when I told people to make the differentiation between type 1 and type mm-hmm. 2. But I don't know, if they ask for more information, then yeah. I'll tell some, or if it's someone I'm going to be spending time with, you know, mm-hmm. if it's a new friend, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> like then I'll bother right. to do so. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone that I'm only seeing for that amount of time, and I just want to make sure that they're okay with me pulling out a needle, a needle, I love needle, <laughs> a needle at the table. Let me just make a combo word for you, because um, I don't like to take out a needle in front of people without their permission and I do have to mix up you know leg stomach arm I can't mm-hmm. always, if I'm doing if I'm just like doing my stomach or my leg in the summer kind of people people have had whole meals with me spent whole weekends with me and not known mm-hmm. um but like if I feel like I'm getting a bruise or something like you have to mix it up so if I'm yeah. gonna stab my arm at the table I just need people to like no it's not drugs drugs <laughs> it's medically appro- approved drugs right some people really I mean like I respect I, I have an aversion to needles. I'm diabetic and I still have an aversion to needles. But even when I was younger and I was around someone with type 1, I remember at a birthday party when I was maybe 7 and she was like just checking her blood sugar. I was like, oh my God. And I like had to look away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> but <laughs> Karma. But, yeah, so basically. <laughs> so I I get it. But the fact that at this point we're all adults and like you can just choose to look away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. If, if the bathroom's not that hygienic, let's be honest, you have to, you know, like, I know I think about that. I always go into the bathroom if, like, I have to change a pump mm-hmm. or something like that. But that's just because that involves removing clothes usually and also, like, mm-hmm. noises and... Well, yeah. What I'm thinking, I'm just having these thoughts that, you know, what I talk a lot about with clients as a therapist is you can't always control other people um, or other situations, but you can control your reaction. So in these sorts of situations, you can't control if people are going to be assholes about you doing your, your shot or checking your blood sugar at the table. You can't control that, but you can assess how you want to react to it. So, and there's no shaming. If you are someone who prefers to keep it completely private and go to the bathroom, you go to the bathroom. If, you know, I kind of went through all the stages. I would always do it in private until finally I was like, you know what? I don't have time for this anymore. And I would just start doing my blood sugar at the table and kind of, I used to do it in my lap and then I kind of upgraded to on the table. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, that's what you have to focus on is not like, well, they should get over it. It's, well, you know what? <laughs> if, if we could control other people, like life would be so much easier. That's but true. the that's reality true. is 
we all we can really change is ourselves. Um, so that and like so personal. What's funny is a lot of people assume that I'm just super comfortable and like love seeing blood. Like whenever <laughs> I test my blood sugar, like if someone is seeing the blood, they're like, oh, blood, like. Do you think I live for this? <laughs> this is the highlight of my yeah. hour. Um, I or just, when people say, oh, I could never do that. And it's like, well, you would if you yeah. literally would die. If you like, Exactly. You know, that's the alternative. That's so true. Like, same is all I can really yeah, say to that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people are always like, how do you do it? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't. Like, plot twist, die, do. <laughs> but I don't know. I think, Miriam, great point. You're right. It's definitely how you, you you know like I think that's a big issue for mm-hmm. me is con- like realizing that this is something I really don't have control over mm-hmm. every second of every day I'm very type a for those who know me so that's been one of my biggest struggles mm-hmm. is doing everything perfectly right and then seeing a really high or really low number and same little one yeah just along those lines like I can't if I'm out at a bar and a guy's gonna be a jerk because, you know, like, he knocked into my insulin pump and freaked out and was like, oh, no, which has happened before, you know, like, I can't just take that to heart. That's that's one guy out of, like, a exactly. whole... And you can get angry and be like, that guy was an asshole, but... Yeah. No, but, but like... But it is. It's a... But I can't you control... Can't fix him. Yeah, yeah. I can't fix him. I can't... Mm-hmm. I can try to explain, you know, what that is and what I have, mm-hmm. but I can't know how he's going to react and I can't control how he's going to react and same goes for friends same goes for you know like any anyone on the street it's it's just a constant learning curve and Mm -hmm. until you know until more people understand about understand it there's just not much to do so true and it'll just be like so much more chill and happy if I just like didn't care yeah react people's reactions well I have a question for you guys because I would consider myself highly anxious person Um, (laughs) and it's hard for me to tell I a lot of me thinks that it's because anxiety and depression are so closely linked to diabetes I think and that's I don't know the exact stats but as a type 1 diabetic you are more prone to depression and anxiety than a than the average Joe in the world Um, so I always connected my anxiety with Type one. Do you feel that one? I guess my first question: Would you consider yourselves anxious people? And two, do you think it's did the anxiety come first or the diabetes came first? Emily, do you want to go first or second? <laughs> uh, I mean, I have my answer, but you you go first. I always talk first. <laughs> um, I would say yes. I absolutely consider myself an anxious person. Mm-hmm. You can ask anyone in my life, and they will confirm that's why we get along so well (laughs) (laughs) we just are really anxious texters my blood sugar's low what's up with you (laughs) why aren't you responding are you dead sos (laughs) no we do that all the time if you don't answer me after you say that you have a low i'm like emily are you on the floor and which floor (laughs) god um but i would say in all honesty i think the type of anxiety that i have i would say it's probably due to diabetes i don't want to like peg it and be like, oh God, it's ruining my life. Cause it's not, I think I am in a place where I can manage it way better, but sometimes if I'm just like, if I haven't had a snack in a while and I'm just like totally tuned out, I'm studying, I'm reading, I'm watching TV. Like if I forget what my last blood sugar reading was, like I'll suddenly sit up and I'm just like, wait a minute, when was the last time I ate? How much insulin did I have? And then like, I'll get myself worked up. I'll think that I'm having a high or a low, 
constantly, and I'll mm-hmm. do the same thing in class. If I start to have a little bit of a headache, I might just be thirsty. I might just be dehydrated. But my first thought, anytime that I physically detect anything wrong with myself, I do identify, first of all, as a highly functioning hypochondriac, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, because we all are. But you know what? I think the reason that I cannot help but, like, Google every time I have an ache or a sore mm-hmm. or I think something is wrong, I think a huge part of it comes from the fact that once upon a time, I was right. Yeah. I knew that I I knew that I was sick when I because I was diagnosed at seventeen. I remember feeling so horrible for so long, and I just kept telling myself like something's wrong, but like I ignored it for a long time, which is why like DKA fun. Plug but, into our last episode to hear Christy's <laughs> story of her to diagnosis. Hear, to feel that full doubt, but. As much as, and like my poor mom who has fielded more calls for me, just panicking, like, oh, I think I have this condition, I think I have that condition. Um, Anytime that something is wrong with me, or I think something is wrong with me, it is because once upon a time, I was right, and Mm -hmm. my life changed forever. So like, the fear of something being wrong again, it's like a daily struggle. Right. Absolutely. And that's the reality, is that our, our bodies, our pancreas, aren't working as they are supposed to um and i think it's easy to assume well if this is broken what else is gonna break exactly i think that's where the anxiety ties in especially from an autoimmune Mm -hmm. perspective i mean you know that you got the trifecta of thyroid disease celiac disease and type 1 diabetes Mm -hmm. all autoimmune diseases all more susceptible to get Mm -hmm. if you have one and it's like I have two you have two right I have two I have thyroid issues yeah we both have thyroid and type one and it's kind of like living in constant fear like what's like what's next like every time I eat toast I'm like oh oh god God. (laughs) is this it is this the end (laughs) which you know we do know functioning people with celiacs and type one and they're fine and they're fine and um but I mean they don't know the pure bliss of challah but like what are you gonna do yeah I, mean, I would ten. Always... I would ten times rather diabetes than celiac. No Me offense, too. I but say like that all the time, it's I, so bad. Oof! I love my bread. Yep. I don't know though. I think if I had to choose one, and this is this, I guess this podcast has taken a weird turn. Like, which chronic illness would you rather deal with? <laughs> I think um, I I would rather do celiac. If I had to There's choose one, celiac risk. over type yeah. one celiac um i think the day-to-day yes finding things to eat and places to eat is challenging but you're not having that constant like awareness of numbers yeah that's true that's so true you're not constantly tracking numbers and data and like what's working what's not right which Um, which leads me to yeah which um leads me to my anxiety story (laughs) um i have always been a very anxious person my mom anyone who's known me since like a child can attest that I have always, like, I used to have such bad anxiety in high school. Not high school. It was middle school. Let's be real. I would, like, work myself up to the level where I would, like, throw up in the morning. I just couldn't. I had to be, like, heavily medicated. And I've always wondered if, because, like, looking back, a lot of those issues, mm-hmm. like, I can vividly remember, felt like low blood sugars. Hmm. And th- I've talked to doctors Same, about like, this. It's like a symptoms. similar. So I mean, I know that I'm I'm very type A. I I know that I have anxiety issues, and I've had them long before diabetes. But the way that it's kind of like manifested with my diabetes mm-hmm. is, if I drink too much caffeine in the morning, I 
autumn and I like get a a little shaky or lightheaded Mm -hmm. I'm checking like twice an hour which is bad and I've also am highly addicted to coffee so it's like a constant (laughs) thing um but hold on it's about to be like that interview when the dude got interrupted by his child because I think my roommate is at my door (laughs) (laughs) she can't hear you guys she can only hear me Erica you can come in and say hi real quick then leave She's in a bathroom. Hi. Hi. We're recording for our podcast. Oh, hello. I'm so sorry. Your hair looks great. Get out. Yo, good night. So, we can do a roommate's edition next week. Um, But, yeah, so I, um, and, you know, I think that is kind of a good uh, explanation of what, like, a really bad low kind of feels Mm -hmm. like the beginning of a panic attack, to be quite honest. Like, you get kind of clammy Mm -hmm. and shaky and, like, a little bit shallow breath like definitely I get, like, profusely sweaty exactly yeah I'm like and then Can't speak also the, I love the, shivering and sweating at the same time yeah. it's, it's a beautiful it reminds, thing it yeah. reminds me I'm alive yeah this is like <laughs> this is life thank you but so I mean for me coping with the disease along with having you know pre-existing mm-hmm. anxiety issues has been a struggle but it's also made me take really good care of myself like I I check all the time and I make sure my numbers are, I mean, my A1C is not where I want it to be, duh, but I, you know, feel confident that I'm doing the best that I can and, um, We're not heading for any amputations anytime soon. Oh my God, knock on wood. Literally biggest fear. But, I mean, I've always wondered the link between that and- I know that some days when I have down days and I know I can attribute it to diabetes because, you know, I'm feeling depressed because I, you know, was in the middle of, or like I wanted to, to walk, like do a hike with a friend or something like that. And then lol, not that I do that. Uh, <laughs> I do like to hike though, actually. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I, you know, like I'm having a low and I have to stop and I, you know, it just makes me feel less capable or like less than. But again, that's that's on me to you know reassess my the, my value and my situation. That's like definitely a mental health thing in itself. Mm-hmm. But I think how long I feel down is yeah. maybe contributed to having this disease. That's a and, very good point. Yeah. So it's um, it's a struggle, but you know, it's a blessing mm-hmm. and a curse. Like I I'm a writer and I've I've done some pretty solid writing I've been told based off of uh wow that was such like a wow I'm really tooting my own horn here this is not no as you should it's Emily's a class a journalist oh my god lol shout out to BU journalism school um getting me through but I just really feel like that it's made a big difference in my life and that I found an outlet where I can really express myself and and maybe even help others understand what it's like, which, you know, when I wrote that article for Self Magazine way back when, I got so many positive responses from other type ones who were newly diagnosed being like, oh my God, you put exactly into words what I feel like on a daily basis or like what it was like for me when I was initially diagnosed. And that was the biggest thing for me is knowing that people felt the same way and you know with anxiety and I talked about my anxiety about it in that piece and everything like that so I think that's something that we're kind of achieving here in the podcast too is yeah I was gonna say that's a natural little wrap-up I mean that's kind of what Mm -hmm. Pankers Pals is about is like we are not the only ones but I certainly know it helps me to talk about it like I literally feel less anxious about the rest of my day because I just spent 10 minutes talking to you guys about how anxious I am (laughs) it's it's good to get it out it's a little therapy yeah Miriam's like uh hit me up Uh, (laughs) 
You're not charging us for this, right? No, no, no. This is pro bono. Oh, God bless. But that being said, I do have a couple quick tips I was trying to think of when Emily asked me to to come do this. I thought of things, just the suggestions for coping. Obviously, this is, you know, not extensive. But things I think are important, and I'll do this quickly because I know we have to wrap up, is you need people to talk to. And I think this podcast is a perfect example, but you need people to talk to both with type 1 and without. Um, I personally love therapy. I am a therapist myself and it's been something that's been very important to me. So having a therapist that you feel comfortable with, um, if they are not familiar with type one, if you feel comfortable explaining it to them, I think it's very important. Having loved ones that you can feel comfortable venting to, even if they might not understand the nitty gritty thing, it's important to have people that you, um, can go to. And it's important to have other type ones, which is what this podcast is is helping to achieve, is having some other people that get, having pancreas pals, <laughs> having a pancreas pal that knows what you're doing and how, what, when you want to complain, like, oh my God, I had the most annoying low in this situation and they can say like, oh yeah, I had that the other day. That feels good and comforting. Um, that being said, my next tip is don't over like be okay unfollowing people especially <laughs> I, this sounds dramatic we but if there are people the <laughs> on social media um i think it's easy to follow too many diabetic instagrams and to follow too many blogs and what's going on and if you are looking at instagrams or looking at snapchats of people um who are kind of bragging about their perfect perfect cgm line or perfect 100 or um perfect a1c while some people might find that inspiring. Don't know her. <laughs> Don't know her. <laughs> well, some people might find that inspiring. It's also, it's not good for you. It's not, it's, I, I compare it to like seeing supermodels in magazines all the time. It's comparing yourself to an unrealistic goal. So um, true. You need to be surrounding your things that inspire you and not stress you out. You got to bring yourself up, not down. Exactly. And I had my last tip, oh, was make sustainable changes. So I think when you're trying to better yourself, I think it's easy to be like, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm not going to eat any carbs this week, I'm going to check my blood sugar 10 times a day, this is going to be the best week, and it's awesome for like three days, and then you're like, fuck this, this is really hard, Um, you get one, one bad high or one bad low, and you're like, oh, it doesn't even work, I'm doing all this effort, and it's not even working. I think you need to be making changes um, and doing things that are sustainable, so very, very minor changes, and it's more likely to last a while than you know, doing good for three days and then giving up again. Were those good tips? Those were amazing tips. Okay. Oh, I'd, I'd see you. I'd oh my, pay to see you. Thank you. I actually <laughs> have one more. And this is someone had told me this one time that it's okay to have a pity party every once in a while. You give yourself a contained amount of time. Like I'm going to have a 20 minute pity party. You can invite whoever, <laughs> you can invite whoever you want to come to your pity party. You ben can, and Jerry. Yeah, I was Jerry, say, you can Nicholas be as Sparks. pitiful as possible because it's, <laughs> it's your party. Um, and that's okay as long as you try to keep it contained and allow yourself the space to be like, this fucking sucks. And, excuse my language. And it gives you the space to do that. Um, I think trying to pretend that you're okay and you're, you never feel these feelings is going to, it's not going to work out for you. So right. be okay having a party every once in a while. Oh, what amazing tips. Okay. Thanks, that, Miriam. Thank you. That thank last you. one was my favorite. Oh, I know. Good. We're big fans <laughs> of the pity party. It's called uh, FaceTiming. With... <laughs> it's oh, called God. this podcast. Yeah. It's called Pancreas Pal. 
things. Anyways, a uh, special thank you again, Miriam. Thank you guys. For taking this was time. a lot of fun. You're you always a great welcome. guest. I love this. Please I know. come on thank again. She's I have more questions. Oh, yeah. I'd love to. We'll uh, we'll definitely do this again sometime. And happy happy week, everyone. Yeah. Have a good. I was week. about to say happy hump day, but it's Sunday. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.